Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you grow and transform not just your business, but your life. And today we're going to be talking about trauma. This is going to be our overview message. And this is going to be great for those of you guys who have suffered a traumatic incident. And for those of you who don't know what trauma is, trauma is an acute, meaning one big time, think war, rape, but it could also be a chronic set of events. Think about being in an abusive relationship or abusive work situation where you are able to talk about the feelings, but not the events, or you can talk about the events, but not the feelings. We're going to be talking today about what trauma looks like in an overview and what you can do next. So this is going to be such a good episode if you or someone that you love has dealt with something in a traumatic situation and don't doesn't know where to go, what to do next, okay? And I'm hoping this is going to be really helpful. So stay tuned after this short break and we will dive right into it. Hey, 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 and we're back. I'm so glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button. That way, as soon as I drop an episode, you'll be able to listen to it immediately. And those of you guys who have been listening for multiple times, thank you so much for being here. Make sure you share this podcast with someone who would be of benefit to listening to this content. This is a very sensitive matter, trauma. And I, before I say anything else, I just want to say that this episode is not diagnosing, preventing, or treating any type of mental illness, disorder, or disability. I would highly encourage you to see a licensed medical advisor or therapist who could be able to provide personalized assistance. This is only just to inform you of trauma in general and to help empower you and encourage you or to suggest to someone to take that next step for healing if this is applicable. Okay. If you are interested in learning more about my work, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes below so you can access it. I'm also going to leave a link for Amazing Attitude, which does dive into some trauma healing work. But again, this is not a replacement for a therapist, coaching, or anything to do with actually dealing with the incident. And I really want you to be able to accept what I have to say as my opinion and my perspective. And this is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Everyone is entitled to find healing that works well for them and is receptive for them. And I don't want to sit here and say that this is the only way. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, this is an overview. We're going to be going over a series of questions that can help point you in the right direction. Let's start off with trauma in general. And I'm not going to sit here and give you the textbook Merriam-Webster definition. I'm going to speak on trauma as I understand it and as I have worked with clients over the years. Trauma is not necessarily exposure to war or rape or incest or abuse, physical, verbal, emotional, sexual. That's it's not a one-size-fits-all. For some people, they have been traumatized by being in a dysfunctional work environment. Some people have been traumatized by witnessing 
traumatic incidents. For example, I read this book by Dan Harris called 10% Happier. And then it, he was a war correspondent and he witnessed horrendous scenes of people am, seeing people who had been amputated, war scenes. And even though he wasn't on the front lines dealing with it, it traumatized him. And part of his road to recovery was including meditation. And that's something that is one of many tools, as I said earlier, for healing. But what I want to say is that also trauma is intergenerational. I read this very interesting long form essay. It was titled My Ode to Costco, specifically Costco Food and shopping there. And within that, it talked about the intergenerational pain of the cultural Chinese cultural revolution of family members literally unable to eat and what a huge price that food has on the Chinese culture. And as a result of watching their family and friends literally starve to death, they put a premium on eating food, spending time around food, and has really impacted them. For African-Americans, they may have been impacted through Jim Crow laws, seeing their family members unable to secure loans or obtain resources because of overt or covert forms of racism. I People who have been impacted in so many different political, cultural, religious incidents, local or regional or within their country, that's legit. And I'm not going to sit here and say that these things don't play a part. So trauma can come in all different types of flavors. But I don't want to have this discussion with you about making victimhood your get out of jail free pass or get out of responsibility. Because I find a lot, especially in this current age, that a lot of people use victimization as a form to escape, evade personal responsibility. So this is not going to be that conversation. If you think that listening to this podcast is going to give you the license to not study, not work hard, not heal, not recover, not explore your feelings and just look for instant band-aids or pretending as if you cannot be held responsible for the individual decisions that you make. This is not the episode for you. And one other thing that I wanted to say along the lines of victimhood, this is the idea of the Carpman drama triangle. It was created by a San Francisco, Californian psychiatrist named Stephen B. Cartman, and he used it to explain games. Now, for those of you guys who don't know, games is a part of psychology called transactional analysis. And this is where there's it's a series of complementary ulterior transactions progressing to a well-defined predictable outcome or payoff. And games grow from stroke hunger. And stroke hunger is a fancy way of saying being paid attention to or appreciated or nourished on an emotional or physical or psychological level. And people like strokes as tantamount to eating foods, calories, even if they must be self-destructive in the effort. And though games are basically dishonest and keep people apart, 
they do provide moments of highly charged confrontation and stroking before estrangement set in again. All players, meaning the people who are involved in these games, get something out of the games. Thus, their power persists. The game is a drama. This actually is a modification of a quote from Dr. Thomas Harris and Amy Harris in the book called Staying Okay, How to Maximize Good Feelings and Minimize Bad Ones. So a lot of people who have been traumatized find themselves looking and hunting for people to victimize or become the victim, and they often recruit a persecutor. And this is part of that Cartman drama triangle that I was talking about. And this within itself is bondage, meaning that when you either become a victim, a persecutor, or a rescuer, you automatically divorce yourself from your personal responsibility. And you also deprive other people that are involved the responsibility of seeing things objectively and clearly. I often see this so much occur in relationships amongst children and their parents, where a parent is exasperated by belligerent or what they believe as disobedient behavior by the kids, but the kids are only responding because they feel persecuted and not listened to and unappreciative or there's something else going on. And so everyone in that, that situation oscillates between being the victim, being the persecutor, and then someone else usually stops in, either another member of the family becomes the rescuer and tries to smooth things over between the kid or the parent. And on and on we go with unable to recognize how everybody was actually feeding into the dysfunction. And I talk a lot about that more in Amazing Attitude about understanding scripts and understanding how you have inadvertently played a part in that incident. But this is not to say that trauma was your fault. There might have been situations where you legitimately were abused, neglected, and you asked to have to be respected to be recognized that you don't deserve to be assaulted or neglected. I think a lot about my last job in the federal government, and it was a traumatic situation where I worked under a passive, aggressive, narcissistic boss and who loved creating chaos and trauma and more or less disrespecting and violating people's boundaries about when they could submit work, when needs to be done. And he just thrived off the instability and more or less created a mini game of thrones within our office. And it took a lot of sense of self-worth by working in that job. That job was not worth the money in sense of not being felt valued and appreciated and creating drama and stress because it was modeled for me in that work environment. So what I, this is all to say that trauma comes in so many different flavors. But I will say that if you are recognizing that, my goodness, maybe I have played a part in it, 
then I want you to own up and be honest about that. Because oftentimes I see people, they say, I don't know how I got into this situation. I just wasn't honest. I just, I just told this one little white lie and I don't really know why they're mad at me. And I don't know why they did this to me. Well, own that, honey. Own that part of the situation if that really did apply to you. But for the vast majority of us, we have been literally scripted and raised in environments where the parent or family member was either overtly, meaning literally hitting, kicking, screaming, verbally abusive, or covertly being passive aggressive, evading. I I think about the situation within my own family of, of origin where my father was passive aggressive, my mother was overtly aggressive, and frequently I remember when my parents were still living with each other when there was moments where my mother would scream and yell for hours on end and my father would retreat down to the basement and and watch Star Trek and pretend as if it wasn't even happening and that was his way of checking out but in reality it was passive behavior passive aggressive behavior because he didn't really want to deal with those feelings he rather just not have dealt with those events from my what my mother was doing than actually confront the situation head on. So I just say this to say that it's not a cut and dry thing. We have to make sure that we are understanding the full picture and not just our perspective. And to co- to come to a complete picture of the situation. And this is not something that it's going to take one podcast within itself to explain and break all this down. So this is going to be part of a series, as I mentioned. Okay. Now, you may be asking, why is trauma hard to deal with? Well, it's hard to deal with, frankly, for a lot of reasons. A couple of weeks ago, I was cooking something on the stove, was cooking bacon for my son, and the stove got a little too hot. I found myself distracted. I went to use the bathroom while the food was on the stove, and the oil got piping, piping hot, and as I was tending to back to the food on the stove, some of the oil just leaped onto my forearm, and I got second-degree burns on my forearm, and initially, as I looked at it, I was in shock. I couldn't believe what was happening. And then I looked at my skin and I realized, oh, no, my skin's going to be damaged. And there was a there's shame. And I felt self-pity for myself because I myself have been preaching with my family cooking safety tips. And here I was violating my own rules. And then I got myself hurt. And then then I have to deal with the fallout of healing and tending to the wound and it was painful the pain not necessarily initially but as the my body was starting to repair the cells my my arms started feeling a little stiff i had to take painkillers and it just was uncomfortable what i'm trying to say is that our bo- the reason why trauma is so hard to deal with okay is because it's not just the mental issues about my goodness there i'm now i have a visible reminder of this scar that I did to myself or it was done to me what for by whatever reason or means and now I have to deal with it and I have to go through the discomfort of treating the wound and making sure that it doesn't get infected and all this other stuff for a lot of reasons it's difficult to deal with this trauma because some scars are visible but some scars aren't visible 
I was talking with this young lady who said that she went on a date with a, this guy was a tax attorney and he seemed like a gentleman. He picked her up and paid for the meal and all of that, but he was he drank excessively and he was trying to grope her. And she said, well, I'm just trying to be a lady, but I don't know how I should respond to him. And I would just sit here with my palm on my head thinking, honey, this guy got drunk and he was disrespectful. And you're just trying to figure out how to be nice to him when the reality is he was invading your boundaries and not treating you with respect. This is what I'm talking about. If you have been exposed to people who have violated your space mentally, physically, spiritually, people who have harmed you physically, mentally, verbally, or you've been exposed to situations where you were questioning what is normal, what is reality. I was sharing with my husband about some incidents that I experienced at home where the first few, specifically my mother, specifically with the certain things that she did, it was so crazy. I couldn't believe what was happening. And then after a while, I started pretending as if it wasn't happening. And then at the end, it became normalized to me. Have you ever been exposed to people who have just done things that are just completely insane, but because you don't have a voice either because they're in a position of power or authority or you're a child and you were just otherwise helpless and you felt mesmerized by what was happening to the point where you became desensitized to your ability to process correctly? what's going on. You know, when everyone's in the asylum, it's kind of hard to figure out who's normal and who's not. And that's part of the reason why it's so hard to deal with traumas because it becomes normalized. And then you find yourself dating the same people who are just like dear old dad or dear old mom, or you find yourself going to high stress jobs that may pay a lot of money, but come at the cost of your self-esteem and self-worth. Or perhaps you might find yourself becoming an activist, fighting the good cause because you're addicted to the dopamine hits that you're creating within yourself. Perhaps you find yourself doing extreme sports, skydiving, bungee jumping, because you just felt like you need that adrenaline. Well, all those things are linked to past trauma. I talk a lot about more an amazing attitude about how to work through that. But this is what I'm trying to tell you is that let's not play cute with it. And let's not say that it's not hurtful what had happened and it didn't impact your mind. And there's a part of you that has been exposed to it so long, you've more or less desensitized yourself to the warning signs that something is wrong. I remember when I was in college, I was in an internship and I was telling my brother about this guy. I wasn't even dating him. We weren't even romantically involved. And my brother looked at me. He said, man, Nisi, this sounds, he doesn't sound like a good guy. It sounds pretty bad actually. And it was so terrible that I've got so desensitized to being mistreated by men that I didn't even know it was mistreatment until somebody else could point it out. It became normalized. 
And I find so curious that for a lot of us, we know it's bad, but we don't think it's that bad. And actually, that brings me to my next point that I'm going to talk with you about is I get asked so often, well, can I avoid dealing with the trauma? And you absolutely can avoid it if you want to. But a couple of things happen if you avoid it. You Most people, they fall into be, becoming recluse, meaning that they avoid people. They just go into their own little segment and not deal with their issues at hand. I think about one particular friend of mine and uh, he more or less works the night shift because he can't deal with people during the day. And I think about other uh, women that I have worked with over the years who just seem to be dating the same guy with different names in terms of the way that they are treated and the way that they feel scared and afraid or manipulated. I often find this a lot where now in this day and age where unfortunately, this is my personal opinion that women's liberation, women's lib has done a great disservice to women where they've been told to be masculine and chase the guy and go get what they want. And they're just like men. And unfortunately, they meet emasculated, predatory men who take advantage of their weakness and their vulnerability, which is masquerading as false confidence. So yeah, you can not deal with your trauma if you want to, but I bet you it's going to impact the jobs you choose, the partners you choose, where you decide to live, how you decide to marry. It comes with a very high price tag. And and I say, i rather deal with these issues now than later. And I myself, I'm a a survivor of rape and incest and just a whole bunch of other things. And I know that if I had I not done the real healing work earlier, I've avoided some of the things that I'm, I still have more work to do. No one who has been going through trauma comes out unscathed. We survivors of trauma tend to dogpile more issues and Typically, one way of avoiding the pain is turning to addiction, addiction to food, sugar, drugs, TV, fill in the blank. And an addiction more or less is a misuse of a thing or a person. You can become addicted to people. I think about this one particular neighbor that I met and she wanted to be fast friends with me overnight. And that was really disturbing to me because when you're trying to get to know someone, it's a dance where you, you know, have appropriate boundaries and you want to learn more about them and ease slowly into an interaction. But someone who wants to get attached fast is saying that they definitely have some type of issues where they don't want a relationship to progress normally. Kind of reminds me of, I remember I was on this matchmaking service. I'm forgetting what it is now, but it was based on people who were looking for long-term relationships and they had this big, long questionnaire of things to ask. And then based on that, you can be able to see if you're compatible with someone. And then after maybe a couple of questions, you can get on a date or whatever. And I remember just quickly trying to just 
zoom through the questions. And I was so overwhelmed with the feelings of loneliness that I didn't want to take my time to get to know them. I just wanted to plug in the hole of the emptiness as quick as possible. And when you have been traumatized, there is this desire to cover it up as fast as you can or distract yourself or do a bunch of busy work or overwhelm yourself with a bunch of tasks. And you're never allowing yourself to be present and fully aware. So yeah, you can avoid not dealing with these issues, but those issues are still dealing with you unless you decide to stop the madness, okay? And you may be asking now, well, okay, yeah, Denise, I get it. I get it. What can I do? Well, what you can do is you can understand the process of dealing with recovery, and they come in five stages. The, it first begins with denial, which a lot of a lot of people are still stuck on denial. Denial that it didn't happen. Denial of the impact. Denial of the severity. Denial that the existence of the trauma. Okay, anger. Anger at yourself. Anger at the other person. Guilt. Shame. All that stuff is under the under the umbrella of anger. Then it's bargaining, going into, well, can I make a deal and not really deal with the situation? And then depression. And that's another huge pit where people are unable to see any hope or any opportunity in the future. And then lastly is acceptance. Now that you're able to deal with those issues and come to understand that this is using this situation is going to be used for your good and not against you. I'm going to talk about more about the process in a next or next episode, but this is just an overview of what that looks like. And lastly, how long does it take? Well, it all depends. Healing from trauma really depends. I say at minimum three years, three years to deal with it. Because you're not just dealing with the actual traumatic incident. Oftentimes, as I said earlier, when you've been coming traumatized, we come up with a bunch of coping strategies. Coping strategies can turn into full-blown addictions. Addictions, depending on the severity, can take anywhere between five to 10 years of healing. And I'm not sitting here and saying that, well, you can't live your life and you can't do anything in between this healing process three to 10 years, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, well, you just read a couple of books and boom, you're, you're done and you're healed. That's not true. And anyone who says that to you is lying to you. You deserve to be told the truth. You deserve to understand that healing and recovery is a process. That's why I have amazing attitude. That's why I would encourage you to reach out to a therapist or a licensed specialist that understands trauma and recovery, because this is not something that you can just read a couple of books and boom, you're on your way. I wish it was that easy. I myself had the help of very gifted therapists. I had the support of my husband, I had some a lot of different resources that helped me get to where I am, where I can comfortably talk to you about these stuff. But I wouldn't sit here and say that it was, I clicked my heels and boom, I was there. Okay. Now, 
what did I say that really clicked and resonated in your mind? I love for to hear from you. I want you to send me a voice message. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes below. Please let me know your name and your location. And if you don't want to do that, write me at podcast at denisegelee.com. Trauma is not an easy thing. And trauma involves you first understanding that you deserve healing. You deserve to finally not live in the shadows. And please listen to this podcast message again. If there was something that I said specifically about what is trauma, what can you do? Why is trauma hard to deal with and how long it takes for you to heal? It it really just depends, but Amazing Attitude is a resource that's definitely going to help you in the right direction. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.